This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. I'm your host, Bob Asman, the founder of Innovative CX Solutions, a past chairperson of the CXPA, and a practitioner with many years of transforming global operations and designing better customer experiences. Together with our guests and listeners, we seek to discuss, challenge, and create new understanding about how to inspire better experiences in response to ever-changing customer expectations. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Considered CX. This is Bob Asman, and I'm your host for another podcast in our series of talking with CX professionals and practitioners. And I'm really happy to have with me today, Barbie Fink. Barbie, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, Bob, and thanks so much for having me here. So I'm Barbie Fink, and um, you know, when I reflect back on the things that are important to me, and I think about my career and customer experience, um, I think I really wanted to be in this profession when I was a child, but I had no idea that that was the case. So I'll share more about that as we talk. Um, but right now, I am serving as the chair of the board for the CXPA, and I love doing that. I'm retired. I worked for 26 and a half years at Adobe and had lots and lots of different roles when I was there. But the thing that always made me um, excited about getting up and doing something in the course of my day was finding ways to make positive differences for our customers and for the employees that I worked with and really helping them understand too how they could make a difference. So um, I think that is the gist of it for an introduction and I know we'll talk more about all of these things. Oh, that's great, Barbie. Um, a great introduction. And let's talk for a minute um, about your career journey. I, I often talk to practitioners and say, you know, do we really wake up and say we want to be a CX professional? And uh, you, you started thinking about it as a child. So I'm sure our listeners are curious about what your journey has been like uh, in the customer experience profession. Yeah. So, you know, I'll share that when um, when I was a young child, um, when I was five years old, my brother was born. And my brother is severely autistic. He never learned how to talk or really communicate. And the thing that that taught me in all of my interactions with him was how to be empathetic. And that's something that I've carried with me throughout my life. So, you know, even from the time that I was working in a grocery store and um, helping customers as they went through my line in, at the cashier, um, you know, I would have conversations with them. And I kept hearing how that made a difference in their day. So, you know, I, I loved the notion of connecting with people and making a difference. That was the thing that was really, really important to me. I worked with abused and neglected kids for about five years. And then I um, needed a job. And so I started doing technical support for a small company in desktop publishing. And that company was then acquired by Adobe. And so um, when I was part of Adobe, then I started moving into management roles within the support organization. 
um, until at some point I found myself leading the support organization for all of, for the Americas and being responsible for both technical support and customer service because they were very, very distinct at that time. And as uh, Dobie grew and as we acquired other companies and things of that nature, there was definitely a need to start to think about scalability from a support perspective. And so we started outsourcing more and more of our support and having support in different parts of the world. And as we did that, the large team of people that I had in Seattle, where I was at the time, started getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I knew that I needed to do something else. So I was given the opportunity to work. Um, it's, I think, the funniest title that I've ever had as the senior manager of knowledge management. And you know, my goals were really lofty coming into that role. I wanted to find ways of helping customers solve their problems on the web without ever having to talk to support. And it was a miserable failure. And the thing that I learned in that was that the reason that customers were contacting support was all about, if you really looked at the top issues, it was all about problems that couldn't be solved on the web. All about problems that interlocked with things that were happening on the back end and in systems that customers had no access to and things that required human and manual intervention. So then I started looking at root cause and, and really understanding that there was absolutely no way that a single group within the company would be able to solve one of those problems. Sometimes it required legal involvement. Sometimes it required IT involvement. Sometimes it required product involvement and support involvement. And there was no way to tackle those issues without pulling those teams together. And that's when I first found out about this new, at the time, discipline called customer experience. And going to my first conference, I was so inspired by the things that I was hearing and I remember the master of ceremonies for that conference because of all the questions I was asking and because of the way I was engaging, asked me what my goal was. And I had never really thought about that at that point in time. This was probably back in 2010 or 2011. And what I found myself saying out loud was that I believed that it was my personal mission to find ways of making a difference within my company so that everybody understood the importance of customer experience and so that everybody would work to make a positive difference for customers. And so because I said that out loud and because I have this core value of honesty, I had to make it true. And so I navigated the last 10 years of my time at Adobe all in really this role that I kind of created for myself around customer experience, engaging with employees and leaders across the company, um, helping people understand how to walk in the shoes of customers and really develop that sense of empathy for that experience, which gave people the notion and the desire for change. And, and that's really where I ended up. <laughs> wow, that, that's really a, a fascinating career journey that you've had, Barbie. And there's some key elements in that I'd like to explore with you a little further. Um, this whole concept that you mentioned about making sure everyone understands that they make a difference um, in their organization and serving customers. 
I hear that a lot. It's a big challenge for a lot of professionals to get everyone in the organization aligned. What were some of the techniques that you used to do that as you were forging a new path with Adobe? Uh, and then maybe what are some of the learnings you had from that experience? Um, gosh, how long do we have, Bob? <laughs> so, I, so my focus really as a quote unquote practitioner of customer experience was all about developing workshops and developing um, ways to bring people together. And part of that really started with what we called the Customer Immersion Program. And the Customer Immersion Program was this program that took leaders and gave them a chance to really put themselves in the shoes of both the support people who were helping customers on a regular basis and the customers themselves. And so what we did was we brought leaders into a scenario where they would walk through experiences and have to identify what the pain points were in those experiences. And where they sat side by side with support reps, which I think many, many companies do, and gave them a chance to hear what customers were saying directly or pulled together interviews with customers and shared that broadly or developed workshops where employees got to um, do what we called experience-a-thons, where they walked through a short sort of bite-sized mission using a product or service and gave feedback to the product teams about that experience. Um, one of the big things that, uh, that I sort of led the charge on um, along with other people was bringing the learnings and the, um, the key tools that are part of Six Sigma into the experience of bringing teams together. So um, we brought in an outside company to do training, but that training started with me getting up in front of a group of executives and talking through using stories and data, the top 10 issues that customers faced identifying all of the teams that had to be connected to solve those problems. And then representatives from those teams would be together in sort of a team where they went through this training around Six Sigma and actually applied what we were learning to the problem at hand and then had to give regular status updates on how things were improving as well as have an executive sponsor that supported that process. So, you know, what I learned in that experience was how critical it is to bring those teams together. Um, the other thing that I learned is that people don't always have the patience for going through the due diligence of understanding the entire cycle that is related to Six Sigma. And there are things that you have to do um, that show more rapid progress. So that was a good kind of key learning from that one. Um, you know, I would say that the other thing that was really important to me throughout all of the time that I was at Adobe was mentoring my peers. People got excited when they had a chance to understand what customer experience was all about. People got excited when they could see that they personally could make a difference. And um, lots of people came to me on an informal basis for mentoring and conversations. Um, all the time. And I always accepted those requests. And, um, you know, to this day, even though I'm not there anymore, I still stay connected 
um, particularly to some of the people who have emerged as leaders in India. Um, and I see the things that they are doing continually to make a difference. And I just love that. That, that's really great. I, I could I could relate on a few of your comments. Or I, I remember being in a meeting a number of years ago and having one of the uh, executives ask the question to a group of people, what are the top 10 reasons that people contact us? And nobody had an answer to that question. And it was before customer experience, right? It, it, we weren't really focused on that, it, but it certainly began... Um, a journey to focus on why are people contacting us, why are customers dissatisfied and so forth. Uh, so I can definitely relate to what you said there. The other thing I love about your comment, Barbie, is the patience aspect. And how you describe that is how I would describe as quick wins to gain momentum. And, and do you think that's an ongoing problem that, we, that in today's organizations, we just don't have the patience? to allow some of the customer experience strategy and design that's being put into place to, to take effect? You know, a lot of what happens in customer experience is about change management. And if we think about the quick wins that you can achieve by doing some short-term things, that's great. You know, you can, you can really go through that process and you can show some quick wins that can be impactful. But if you are looking at where things are from a product perspective or from a digital transformation perspective or from a web experience perspective, all of those things, sometimes in the way that those things were initially created served a completely different business purpose than what they have morphed into. And what that means is that there's a lot of extra baggage that you're carrying along as you basically improve those solutions to fit current business needs. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that baggage that you're bringing along is the right baggage to fit with those business needs. And that's when things get really, really complex. And so if you think about the amount of time that it would take to address something like that in the right way, with the right kind of research, the right kind of data, the right kind of understanding, the right kind of potential solutions that go along with it, the right kind of A-B testing to see which of those solutions is going to work better, and the necessary amount of iteration to get to the best solution. I'm not saying that you shouldn't put something out there. What I am saying is that it takes time. And so if you think about the complexity of some of the larger problems that customers face, you're not gonna get there with those quick wins. You have to really be diligent and have the patience to make that work. So true. You're listening to Barbie Fink joining me today on All Things Considered CX podcast, talking about her CX journey and providing our listeners with some powerful insights after only a few minutes uh, in our discussion. And I wanna ask you uh, about um, the whole concept that you mentioned about change management, Barbie. Are they, are they indelibly linked to customer experience? Should, should customer experience practitioners be good change managers as well? What, what are your thoughts about that that's really a skill that many people either have or don't have in terms of change management. Your thoughts? 
Yeah. So, you know, I would say that you have to look at the culture of an organization to understand how much change is going to be needed. If you have a culture that from its outset is focused on the notion of customer experience and the discipline of customer experience, it'll be so much easier to make headway. However, if you are in a culture where that hasn't been the case, in order to have any kind of wins at all, change management is imperative. There's no way to get by without having the leadership at the very top of an organization who sets the priorities across. Um, unless you can be in a place where you have a direct link and connection to that kind of leadership and that kind of cultural change, you are going to really struggle as a customer experience professional. The other thing that I have to say is not only is it the top leadership that you have to look at, but you also have to look at the leaders that are parts of different departments and groups within an organization. And, and so that change management piece, I would say almost always is linked with doing something different, making improvements, um, bringing people on board, being a catalyst to show that change is actually needed. Um, I think it's, it's really critical. So, you know, there's, I wouldn't say that, um, that CX professionals have to be experts in driving that change. I think they have to be expert at being the catalyst to help drive that change. The change itself is only going to come if the culture supports it. And the culture is really set by the executives within a company, by the president and CEO of an organization. Um, and so there are ways that CX professionals can drive change within individuals and employees in an organization and help them want to make a difference and help them want to also be a catalyst for change. Um, and there are lots of things that can happen that are really positive in those spaces. But if you're really looking to have the big wins, if you're really looking to show the linkage between positive customer experience and business success, that huge element of change management and culture and leadership and sponsorship engagement, I think is critical. Such great comments and insight, Barbie. Uh, what I wanna uh, uh, talk with you about is, and we don't often hear this, and I really appreciate you bringing it up, but you talk about top leadership buy-in and oftentimes you can get top leadership and you probably or can certainly make strides in getting frontline buy-in, but oftentimes it's that middle management layer that may feel threatened or um, unsure of what's happening um, it, that, that oftentimes can be a barrier to the change. And so drawing that out in your comments, I think is really important for all of us as practitioners to keep in mind that you need that top buy-in, but you also need that middle layer to, to really buy in and understand what's in it for them and why this change is happening. Yes. And I, and I, I love the comments about saying, catalyst too, Barbie, by the way, being a catalyst just 
it's just a great comment. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, it's more than getting their buy-in. It's almost like as a CX professional, our job is to understand our customers. If we think about the, that middle layer of management, the people that are leading their teams to drive the change that you're looking for, it is all about understanding what's in it for them. It's all about understanding what their goals are, what they need to achieve in order to be considered successful, and then drawing linkages between the improvements that you might be suggesting as the CX professional and how that can also help those middle line management uh, people be successful in what they need to accomplish. The other thing that I would say is as a CX professional, um, part of the job is also to provide the glory to those leaders. Uh, that's where you'll continue to kind of build allyship. And that's where you'll continue to see middle line leaders wanting to make those differences. So true. And, and, and the other uh, comment that you made, and that this is probably an entire podcast series unto itself, but is about culture. And any additional thoughts or tips about creating a, a nurturing culture around CX? It is so important to your point of, of being able to execute CX strategies within the organization. And you know, if I were to give some advice on that point for any CX professional who is looking um, for a role in customer experience, you have to really think what is going to be the best fit for you as an individual. If you are someone who wants to be that catalyst and really truly drive change, you have to consider what the organization that you're looking at, where they are, where they sit in terms of culture. You have to think about your own determination in sticking to something that may or may not see change um, as quickly as you might want it to. You have to understand whether this is a culture that you feel like you can influence and change, or if this is a culture where you can drive the things that are already happening, or if this is a culture that might not be the best fit. Absolutely, wise, wise words from somebody who has much experience in this area for sure. This is a great kind of segue into your views on the CX profession itself, where it is today, where do you think it's headed? What are your thoughts about the profession and professionals within the profession uh, today and in the future? So, you know, when I look back in history and I've had conversations with many people about this, um, there's always been something that looks at customer experience or looks at quality or looks at the things that enable improvements to be made. And they've been called different things over the years. I love that the um, discipline of customer experience really started as a consensus-based definition. Um, but when I look around the world, I also see that there is still some misunderstanding out there about what the definition of customer experience is. 
And so really understanding that it's a holistic definition that looks across the entire life cycle of engagement that a customer has with an organization across all of the various touch points, there is some danger in more narrowly defining that as a single part of that journey. And there's a lot that's lost there. So I believe that it is really important for the CXPA in particular, and also for CX professionals to help promote the uh, more holistic definition of customer experience. The things that I see happening around are different experience words that are being used to um, in some ways promote the same competencies, the same, um, the same skills that customer experience professionals have. And if we don't get behind that, if we don't help to deepen the understanding of what this holistic definition is, then I think that there may be a disservice done to all of the CX professionals who are out there who are absolutely competent in doing the work across all of the different competencies for customer experience. So I don't even know if I just answered your question, Bob, or not. Um, you can tell me if I didn't, but those are the thoughts that came to my head. <laughs> those are great thoughts. Uh, and, and listeners, you're listening to a consummate professional with years of customer experience um, and, and sharing some phenomenal advice. So um, before I, we wrap up with a final question, I, I also want to give you the opportunity to share what's happening with CXPA as serving as their chairperson. Uh, we'd love to, our listener, listeners would love to hear what's happening with CXPA these days. You know, it's amazing because I recently learned that we have over 70,000 followers in social media for the work that is being done by the CXPA. Um, towards the end of last year, we redefined our mission statement, which is really all about supporting CX professionals to learn and grow and inspire and excel throughout all of the stages of their careers. And you know that's our key audience. We also have um, sponsors and we have recognized training providers who help bring together the learning and the tools that are needed for CX professionals to be successful. Um, we look at the um, things that are related to content and community and credibility across the profession as a whole. And a lot of what is um, happening around the discipline itself is a recognized credential, um, you know, having a CCXP certification, a certified customer experience professional certification means that you as a professional have all of the skills um, and have had hands-on experience doing the different competencies that are related to the discipline of customer experience as defined by a job analysis that we've done in looking across many, many CX professionals and looking at what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so a lot of that is based in research and science and all of those things. Um, in terms of the content that we are sharing this year and the way that that connects to community, 
you know, one of the outcomes of the pandemic that we've experienced is that everything is virtual these days. So we have local networks around the world who are developing programs and sharing information within their local networks. But now that we are virtual, anybody has the opportunity as a member to join another local network for their virtual content. And that has created all kinds of opportunities um, and really ways to develop a curriculum or, or program, I guess is what I would say, instead of curriculum that enables different networks to tap into the leaders and the content and the pieces that are available and make that available more broadly. Um, so um, that's, that's a kind of exciting piece. We're looking at our next in-person CXPA Insight Exchange next year. Uh, we've decided to remain virtual for the remainder of this year, which means that we have the ability to focus deeply on all of that. We have different volunteer opportunities that are available for the CXPA members um, that we keep up to date on our website. Um, we're doing a lot of work this year around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we have a diversity advancement committee that is focused on that. We also have a higher ed committee that is looking at um, first compiling all of the colleges and universities that are out there that are providing coursework on customer experience and then making sure that there's a connection to at least some of those colleges and universities um, to um, help spread the word around the overall discipline of customer experience and really look at recognizing that customer experience should be embedded within all of the different things that are being taught around business for organizations and um, you know, it's definitely an important aspect that everybody should be aware of. Um, I could go on, Bob, but I'm going to pause there and see if you have other questions for me. <laughs> uh, it's too bad there's nothing going on in CXPA right now, right, Barbie? <laughs> That's right. There's always stuff going on. <laughs> there's always, and, and what's amazing to me, in addition to the fantastic initiatives that you just outlined, is 70,000 followers in social media. That's fantastic. And it certainly points to a robust community of professionals that are available to help listeners um, that are in the profession. And I know this is a, a very welcoming and open community within CXPA as well. Uh, yes, you know, we often have LinkedIn live sessions that are available to people who are not even members of the CXPA, but are just our followers. Um, so those are pretty popular. And, um, and we have a, a group within LinkedIn that anybody can access. Excellent. Barbie, before I let you go, this has been a phenomenal session with you and hearing your insights and perspective. Any closing thoughts for our listeners um, about CX, the profession, whatever, whatever. I always like our guests to have the opportunity for the last word. So I have two things, Bob, or maybe even three. Um, the first one is, you know, I would encourage everybody to think about um, your larger purpose, the thing that is really important to you um, in terms of, of meaning in the world. And when I think about customer experience um, beyond empathy and compassion and all of those things, it's really about human connection. And so for me, that is truly about the notion of kindness 
And as I've looked at everything that has happened in the world around us um, over the past, well, really my entire life, but especially over the past year, that notion of kindness is so important to me. And, and to me, that is my bigger purpose. That is my bigger why. It's that kindness and connection to other human beings. So I did want to share that. Um, in addition to that, Bob, I have a surprise for you. Uh -oh. And that is, um, you have been involved with the Customer Experience Professionals Association, the CXPA, since the very beginning. And you have been a leader in the CXPA, and you have helped shape the path and the direction um, to bring us to where we are today. And that is so appreciated. Um, and uh, I, on behalf of the board of directors and CXPA leadership wanted to acknowledge that and let you know that we are honoring you with an emeritus past chair um, position that um, is, is yours as your honor. Oh my gosh, Barbie, you, you've done a first for a guest. You've, you've um, surprised and, and stunned um, the guest, the host. <laughs> so well done. I'm humbled by that. I, <clears throat> I really appreciate that in all seriousness, the, uh, the thank your you recognition, so much. the board's yeah, recognition. Thank you so much for all of your contributions, Bob. Um, and the other thing that I wanna say is anybody who isn't familiar with the CXPA, go to cxpa.org and check us out. Um, have a look at everything that's available on LinkedIn and in social media um, and, and come be a part of our community. Absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. Barbie, it's been wonderful. Thank you again for that honor. I'm humbled and, and appreciative of the honor um, and, and know that my continued passion and commitment for the CX profession and the CXBA um, is there. Um, uh, and, I, and I look forward to my continued involvement. Listeners, you've been listening to a powerful podcast session with Barbie Fink. And if you've enjoyed this session, please share it with your network and feel free to reach out to Barbie through the CXPA or through LinkedIn if you have additional comments, questions for Barbie. She's a great, as you know, having listened to her resource uh, and a contributor uh, and leader in the profession. This has been another session of All Things Considered CX. Thank you for listening until we Meet again. Stay tuned for another podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of All Things Considered CX. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues. Subscribe to our show, follow me on LinkedIn, and visit my website at InnovativeCX.com for more insights on creating better experiences. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.